Job chapter 42, last chapter in the book of Job, and I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Job chapter 42. I'm going to read in a couple of translations as the Holy Spirit wants me to, so we'll just begin with uh, the New King James first. Job chapter 42 from verse 1 onwards. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything, that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job hath. Now therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him, lest I deal with you accordingly to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me, what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite, went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers all his sisters and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first, Jemima, the name of the second, Keziah, and the name of the third, Karen Hapak. And all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And a father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Praise be to God. A very blessed chapter that God has brought before us this morning. We see 
Job's conversation with God, and we also see God's conversation with Job and also with his friends. It is important to read the scriptures through the assistance of the Holy Spirit and through the revelation that comes from God Almighty. Otherwise we can completely go astray. It is important to read the scriptures through the lens of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 42, verse 1 we see, Job is answering God Almighty. God questions him before. God comes to a man who is broken. Utterly broken. There was nothing in Job physically left. There's nothing in Job that was left with his family. There's nothing left of Job except his faith in God. Except his integrity towards God. A very loyal man of God. A servant of the Most High God. It is a big thing, a very big thing. When God calls a person as his servant, a huge thing. Many people can call themselves as God's servants or use all kinds of titles to establish themselves or to promote themselves or to build an empire on earth. When the sight of God, what man esteems, God says in his word, the things that man does in this world to promote himself, establish himself, and to establish an empire, that which is highly esteemed in the eyes of men is an abomination to God. This is God's word. What God esteems is what we must esteem. What God abhors, we must abhor those things. When it comes to our lives, our living, or what we do, what we say, it is important to know that our God, the Creator God, the God of the universe, He sees everything. He sees our sitting down and He sees our rising up. He sees the thoughts that are in our heads. When I say thoughts in our heads, he sees the attacks. He also sees whether a person is giving themselves over to the enemy or they are actively fighting against it and they are overcoming it. God Almighty saw Job through all of his trials. Job did not sin with his mouth. Job did not sin with his mind. Job did not sin with his heart. Even when his children died, all of them, he did not sin with his mouth. When all his cattle and all the animals that he had 
livestock. They all died. He did not sin with his mouth. He worshipped God. When his body was struck with diseases that he had no explanation for, no cure from anywhere, that he was living with pain and torment from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. There's no remedy, nothing to relieve the symptoms, the agony of what he was going through. Job was a man who never sinned with his mouth. He never said that this is too long and I'm going through this for a long time and is God seeing me, is God hearing? Maybe there's no God. Maybe I've been wasting my time. Maybe I was sacrificing for nothing. And No. You know why? Because he was a servant of God. He had a relationship with God. He was someone who was receiving orders from God and executing him. He knew who his God was. He had such a deep relationship with God. Nothing moved him. The pain was real. The agony was real. The loss was very real. It's not a light thing to see one child die. To see all of the children die. Everything that he had was taken away. Yet he was able to say, the Lord gave. And the Lord took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord such a man of gratitude a man who never thought that he was entitled to anything a man who never took anything for granted God is speaking to our hearts this morning what are you complaining about God our God, who is the maker of heaven and earth, hears every word that we allow in our minds. The words, the thoughts that you allow in your minds, even if you don't say it in your heart, but you allow in your mind, God sees it. We have to be very careful and not make excuses for presumptuous sin. Presumptuous sin when you look at it, if you know, you don't know, it's good to hear again. When you know that something is wrong, when you know that this shouldn't be done, or this shouldn't be thought, or this should not be allowed, and you still do it anyway, at that point you are engaging in presumptuous sin. That means you know what you're doing is wrong and you do it anyway. Boldly you're going ahead and doing what you shouldn't be doing. You have to be very careful with your thought life. What you allow into your mind will determine who you are and how you stand before the Lord God Almighty. Every thought that you allow in your head, in your mind, God sees it and God hears it. When you allow it, that means you say yes to it, you partner with the enemy at that point. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour.
On this last day, this month of January, every single person here who is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit must decide. Going forward, as you step into the second month in this new year of 2023, how are you going to live going forward? It's something you must decide. You're going to be the same way or you're going to change. If you want God to bring change in your life, then you must be somebody who's willing to change and who will become the change that God is looking for in your own life. What we think is very important. In all of these things, Job was upright before God. But yet when God came before him, the man who looked at his wife and he said, what are you talking about? You're talking like a foolish person. You're trying to tell me to find fault with God and to accuse God. I'm not going to do that. A man who did not say that, oh, look, my wife, she's speaking all these things because she's traumatized by everything that has happened. And so, She's coming in. She's talking to me out of anger. And you know what? This is very normal. After all, she's a human being. And I need to comfort her at this time and say, I understand what you're going through. I feel the same way too. Many Christians are like that. They are so blind... They don't see how Satan operates through their own family members. They'll try to bring a demonic psychology and give into sensationalism and emotionalism. And thereby they fall too. Job was a man of God. A man who lived a long time before any of the law was given a long time before Jesus came a long time before this Bible was written his righteousness exceeds many of the people who live today who have everything in their hands to live an upright life before God God help us if we give excuse or excuses to any kind of sin that we allow on a regular basis attributing that to human weakness God help us there's a man God was so happy to say that this is my servant this is my servant. He represents me. He represents me. This is my servant. He went and told all the key people that he had to tell God himself. Went and told those people, This is my servant, Job. We need to be like that. Truth in the inward parts of our being is absolutely necessary. 
if you want to be called someone that God can depend on and be proud of. Truth in inward parts it begins with truly looking at yourself the way you ought to. You have the real insight into what is happening, like Job did. When his wife came and said something, he didn't say, well, I'm not going to say anything at this time because she's a mother who's lost her children. Even though Job was the one who was tormented the most because his wife did not get any of the sicknesses that Job got. However, Job spoke righteously. When she came, inspired by the devil, because she gave room for bitterness, gave room for self-pity, unlike Job. She handled the trials very differently. You have two people in the same family. As Jesus said, in the house, two people will be there. One will be taken and the other one will be left out. Two people in the field, one will be taken, the other one will be left out. Two people in the family, one will be taken, the other one will be left out. Why is that? Because within the same family, one chooses to walk with God, the other one chooses not to. Obviously, Job had a very strong relationship with God, unlike his wife. So when the storm came, when the winds blew, Job's house stood firm, not his wife. His wife was shaking. She became angry. She became bitter. She's looking at Job's state and she says, this is not the way to live. Better he dies. He's living in agony every single day. The worst part is she comes and says, curse God and die. Not just die, curse God and die. Job is all alone. The wife who should be with him during this time. She's not coming and saying, Job, we'll seek the Lord. Job, we will. Pray some more. It's not that Job wasn't praying. Job has been praying. But it looked like he had thick walls all around because this was a period of trial. Just like how Jesus Christ was on the cross, suddenly... During the time, he couldn't see the face of his father that he saw all the time. It was the hour of trial. The God had to turn his face away from his only begotten son. The one and only one. The innocent one. The sinless one. The one who came to do the will of the father. And the hour of trial. No help. Because that's where what you're made up of will show up from within. 
You can just hold on to the face of the Father and push through. But suddenly when the Father's face is removed, suddenly you see only darkness. All of a sudden the voice that you hear constantly is no more. You feel all alone. You see the character that has been formed on the inside by walking constantly with God is revealed at that time. Yes, Job didn't feel the presence of God suddenly. He felt all alone. The one who worshipped God all the time suddenly couldn't see what was happening. Yet, he was a man who worshipped God. It's very important not to go by feelings. If you know who you believe and if you know that you're walking with God, you know that your God will show up just in time. When your faith is tested, when your faith is tested and you prove yourself to be faithful, He will come to reward you. Jesus Christ, though He was on the cross and though He can see the face of His Father, and though He said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Still, He held on to his integrity. He held on to the mission that he came for to fulfill it. Held on to it until he said it's finished. Even though he couldn't see the Father, he held on, held on until he completed because he had full faith in the Father and the Father's plan. Do you have the character to hold on to what the Father said when you can't see the Father? When you can't feel the Father, do you have the character on the inside to hold on to what the Father said and finish that which God has told you to complete? Job was someone who walked with God so closely even though everything failed around him and everyone failed around him even the little children made fun of him his wife got tired of taking care of him he was in a place of total agony and helplessness Yet, he was faithful to God. He was a man of God who passed the test. That God could trust him just like how he trusted Abraham. That's why God not only is not ashamed to be called a God, but he's so proud, happy to call these people as his servants and his friends. May God help us not to be people of excuses. Not to justify one's sin. Not to look at people like Job's wife and say, I understand, I understand, I understand. I understand why you feel like cursing God, I understand. No. Job said, why are you talking like a foolish woman? Turning against God is utter foolishness. 
her influence on him had no impact on Job. Job's influence was more powerful and stronger than Satan's influence that came through Job's wife to defile Job before Job can be crowned by God. The enemy is trying every way to see how he can break Job down. This whole focus was, the enemy's whole focus was to see how he can shipwreck Job's faith. But Job's faith was built on God. The Bible says, during the time of your adversity, if you faint, your strength is small. Very small. Job was a strong man. A very strong man. His faith was very strong. Because he cultivated it by walking with God, by obeying Him. He was a servant of God before he had the trial and he was a servant of God after he had the trial. Now you see here how God comes and talks to Job. God himself, not Angel Gabriel, God himself came to Job. Because Job endured till the very end. Job had such faith in God and such love for God. Even though his body was decaying, he said, I shall see God. I shall still see God. In all of this, when he couldn't see God, he said, I will see God. I will see God. He knew. He was expecting his faithful God to show up even when he was not able to see God. That's faith. That's faithfulness. In the midst of such suffering, he's still looking forward to seeing his God. Not angry, not bitter. Looking forward to seeing his God. God speak to our hearts this morning to be true to your God be true to your God after all of this the last chapter of Job we see Job is talking to God to the very God who made him to the very God who was watching Job who had full faith in Job that Job will not cave in to any of the pressures of Satan. He was just waiting for that finish line. And he was there at the finish line to crown Job. Job didn't know how long it was going to take for him to get to the finish line. He said, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. Even when I'm not able to take another step, I'm going to continue to run. And he came to the finish line. God himself was there. 
God himself was there. Now Job is talking to God and he says, I know that you can do everything. That no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. I know. I know you can do everything. God, even though I went through all of these things, I still know that you can do everything. How did that knowing come to Job? Was Job there when God laid the foundations? No. He knew his God by walking with him. He had no doubt whatsoever. He was a man of immovable faith. Job is talking to God and he says, Lord, whatever you purpose, nobody can mess with that. Nobody can meddle with that. Whatever you plan, that's what will happen. And so now Job says, Lord, before the almighty, before the almighty, all-powerful God, Job is standing there. Righteous Job. Job is standing there. A man who was pleasing to God. God himself is there. God is there to show his faithfulness to the one who was having faith in him. And he says, Lord, I don't know what was happening. Things too wonderful for me which I didn't know. But in all of these things Job didn't sin, even though he didn't know, even though he didn't have a Bible, even though he lost everything, in all of these things Job did not sin. And he says, Oh, Lord, you said you will answer me. I've heard of you by your hearing of the ear, of the ear, but now my eyes see you. What a glorious experience he's receiving in all of these things. God Almighty Himself is there. God Almighty Himself is there not a light thing it's a great honor now he says therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes a man who was upright before God standing before the the great I am standing before the creator of the universe It's not a light thing. He says, Lord, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Man who always offered sacrifices to God, even when his children had some kind of a celebration and gathering, 
they never did anything wrong. The Bible doesn't say they did anything wrong. But he said, if they would have, if he wanted to cover all grounds, he wanted his family to be pleasing to God, and he always offered sacrifices to God. Such a great man of God. was very, very mindful of his walk with God and how to lead his family in the ways of God. And he looks insignificant before God Almighty. The Bible doesn't say that. God thought he was insignificant now. Oh, when we stand before God, no matter how holy we are, we stand before the living God, we will feel unworthy. He's the awesome, almighty, creator God whose holiness himself, he's holiness himself. And a person who's really working with, walking with God, their expression when they see God, this is how it'll be. Who feel so tiny, who feel so unworthy, You'll be covered with the awesomeness of God. And that doesn't mean that that person is actually sinning or sinful. No. Only blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Jesus said that. Job was a man who made covenant with his eyes. That he will keep his eyes only for his wife and not for anyone else. He was a man who had the character to keep it. That's why it's a shame when we hear people who say, Oh, we're human beings. This is how we are and this is how it will be. What are they doing? They're making room for the serpent to not only live in their lives, but also multiply and have a den of cobras and vipers growing in themselves and in their families. All in the name of Christ, calling themselves Christians. Before he had any Bible, before he could read anything, before he could know anything, before he could know about the atonement of Jesus Christ, Job was living an upright life before God because of his fellowship with God. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Job was such a person who was living in that light, void of darkness because of his walk with God. No one should give any excuse when it comes to looking at one's own actions before God Almighty. If you want to make progress spiritually, you have to see yourself as how God sees it and admit your faults in the presence of God. Admit your faults so that you can go forward. Job was an upright man. In the eyes of God to be upright is not a light thing. In the eyes of God to be blameless is not a light thing. And for God to say that to Satan and Satan is not able to bring any charge against Job is not a light thing. 
Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He couldn't do anything when God brought it before him. He brought Job's righteousness up. A lot of times people say, no matter what you do, it's not good for God. It can never be good enough for God. And all our righteousness are filthy rags before God. May God help us and help all those who misinterpret God's word. Those are the interpretations of Lucifer. God sees filthy rags as filthy rags. People who say that they are righteous and they don't do righteous deeds, then the righteousness that they call, just like the Pharisees, they are filthy rags before God. But if you are truly righteous before God, then God sees you as righteous and your righteousness will be great in the sight of God and God will have regard for you. And all those who say that you can never measure up to God, you can never measure up to God's expectation, you can never. And that's why we, we need Jesus and that's why we need His blood and, and you, you'll keep falling all the time and His blood is there to cover you. Doctrine of demons. We need to understand this. We have the word of God in our hands and we have no excuse whatsoever. On the day of judgment, we have no excuse whatsoever. A man who did righteously stood righteous before God because of what he did. He lived an upright life before God and God saw it as upright and he commended him. We need to know the scriptures. We need to know the word of God. God was so happy with Job, he brought it up to Satan and said, Did you see? Did you see my servant Job? Did you consider him? Did you see how upright he is? He was so happy. He didn't say, Well, Job, you can't measure up to me. All your righteousness are filthy rags. No. There was this man. A real servant of God. That means one who received orders from God and did it all the time, executed it exactly all the time. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Put away every excuse because those very excuses that try to keep you secure in sin and rebellion will keep you in a place of curse and will keep you away from the place of blessing that God has for you. Don't make excuses for your sin. Don't make excuses for your sin. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Whatever is inside the heart comes out in action but even before it comes out in action God sees the heart we as God's people need to know that being pure in heart 
is something that God is looking for in heart not just an action in heart and from there the action will flow and those who are pure in heart they will see God they will see God Job saw God now though Job said oh I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes you don't see the scripture saying that and God forgave Job of all his sins no Job was upright in the sight of God. He looked so small, just like prophet Isaiah. He's a prophet of God. Suddenly in the presence of God, he couldn't stand. Daniel, the prophet, also. When you are there before the most high God, you will feel so insignificant. You will feel so unworthy because He's God Almighty. That doesn't mean, does it mean that those who are righteous before God are unworthy before God? No. No. Right is right and wrong is wrong. If you're doing right, God is not going to call it wrong. If you're doing wrong, God is not going to call it right. God saw Job. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Elisus the Temanite, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. There he is, showing the distinction, the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. He says, My servant Job, my servant Job, has spoken what is right concerning me. Concerning Job, concerning God, concerning God, Job spoke rightly. But Job's friends, they all looked like they all had the right words, but they were all self-righteous, twisted words that they brought against this true servant of God who lived uprightly. What did they do? They accused Job falsely and thereby they accused God himself. See, this is something that our church has been learning for quite some time. Those who come and falsely accuse God's servants for standing upright before God they accuse God himself. Everything looked like it was all wonderful and right for all those healthy men to come and accuse Job. Problem-free men to come and accuse Job. Using all the right words, supposedly right words. To say that you're sick because of this, you're having because of this, you're going through this because of this, and you should be doing this, and you're not doing this, and, and look how God is so just, and He is so right, and looked like they spoke everything right about God, but no. They were inspired by Satan. They came with a religious spirit, which is a demonic spirit. They came with a pharisaical spirit, which is a demonic spirit. 
They came with the accusatory spirit, which is demonic spirit. Everything they said looked like it was right, but it was all wrong. And every time they accused Job, they were accusing God himself. Every time the people rose against Moses, they rose against God. And that's why the earth opened up and swallowed all those who rebelled against Moses because they rebelled against God himself. God's wrath fell upon Job's friends. They didn't come and say anything ungodly. They didn't say curse God. No, they all supposedly spoke for God. But they actually spoke against him. And all these people that thought that they were doing right, they're inspired by Satan himself. To break Job down, but they couldn't. They couldn't break Job down. And all of these things, Job did not sin. Job spoke rightly as God, unlike these people who looked like they had all the right words, but they were moved by Satan. Now God says this, Now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job. And offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. There you go. God says again. My servant Job has spoken what is right of me. God was so angry at Job's friends who all claimed to speak for God, who all tried to point fingers at Job. They got themselves into big trouble. God's wrath is on them and God says, listen, if you don't want my wrath to consume you, go and offer sacrifice. Not in your own home somewhere else have a secret repentance if you want my curse to be removed from you go to my servant Job go there and repent there and he must pray for you only then I will forgive you based on who based on Job's righteousness. Job is eligible there to stand before God and intercede for his friends who spoke against him and thereby they spoke against God. Without that happening God's wrath will consume these fellows. God says, go do this. Go do this. You do this, and he prays for you. Job, my servant, prays for you. Then, hearing his prayer, because of Job, because of my favor on Job, I will remove my wrath away from you. But you need to do this. Very important. 
Many times people speak against God by speaking against the servants of God. Boldly they do things and then they think, privately I will ask God for forgiveness. They'll be struck by God. They'll know things are going wrong. Then they'll say, privately I'll ask God for forgiveness. And they'll continue to have the curse looming over their heads. Very important to be true. That's pride right there. The mouth that speaks unrighteously should repent according to God's ways. Any part of the world you may be from or any part of the church you may be from, whichever place it is, If you are under the leadership of true servants of God and you speak against them, God's curse will come upon you. That's the truth. Everything will go wrong in your life after that. Then, when you wonder why things go wrong and you still don't set right before God by going to God's servants and confessing what you did, It's not talking about your personal sin. It's talking about your sin against the servants of God, which is against God himself. Certain things will not be removed. It will still be as outstanding death before God. Just as Job prayed for his friends and God turned away his wrath, then at that point, God will hear the prayers of those servants of God and turn his wrath away from you. Only then the curse will be removed. Only then the situation will be solved. Only then God's wrath will be removed. There is something that needs to be taught in every true church where true servants of God are there. And this is what happened to Job and Job's friends. Now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly. Which God is saying I'll punish you according to the evil that you have done. Even though it looked like whatever they were seeing or whatever they were saying was right. Very similar to Judas. Judas was sitting there along with Jesus Christ and the rest of the people in the Pharisees' house. And there comes this woman, moved by the Holy Spirit, bringing that alabaster oil, breaking that expensive perfume and pouring it upon Jesus. Immediately, you see Judas, who was not walking with God, was filled with demonic spirit. What is he speaking? He's speaking against the woman who was moved by the Lord. He's speaking against the Lord himself. He says, what a waste. This could have been used for God's purposes. It could have been given to the poor. Sounds like it's all right, but it's 
disgusting to God. God has moved that woman to come to Jesus Christ with that expensive perfume, not any perfume, with that expensive perfume to offer it to Jesus Christ, to pour it upon him. Looking at that, speaking like a very religious, godly person who cares about the poor. Meanwhile, it's a serpent speaking through them. Through Job's friends. Who did not walk with God just like how Job walked with God. That's why Job was able to speak rightly of God, but not them. Yet they looked like they had all the right words. They got themselves into big trouble with God. Judas was put in his place right there. Jesus Christ not turning to Judas and saying, Well, excellent, excellent thought. Judas, maybe some other time, we can do this for the poor. No. He said it rightly. The poor you have with you all the time, but not the Son of Man. The honor that needs to be given to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the prophetic act that had to take place at that time had to be done. The disciple who was with Jesus didn't have that sense and the awareness of the timing, the season, what needed to be done. He had such a big doorway open where the serpent was able to come and speak through Judas there. To speak against the one who was serving Jesus and to speak against Jesus himself by devaluing Jesus Christ. That Jesus is not worth that expensive perfume. Yeah, there are a lot of people who are like that. Oh, the poor are there all the time. And so you don't have to have anything nice. You don't have to have anything good. This can all be given to the poor. It's Lucifer speaking. God gives the finest of wheat to his people who follow him. God will give the best to those who follow him. And it's Lucifer that is against all those things. It's Satan that burns with jealousy when he sees God's people being blessed and lifted up and given the best. It's Lucifer that will burn with envy and he will try to make it a religious looking, saying that, oh, this money could have given to the poor, this money could have been done for this, and this could have... That spirit is not of God. That spirit is from Satan. He moves people so that they can receive a curse from God. It's very important to walk with God so we be like Job. It's important to walk with God so that you can be esteemed by God, like Job. You can be esteemed in the sight of God by Job, like Job.
John the Baptist was esteemed in the sight of God. Abel was esteemed in the sight of God. Job was esteemed in the sight of God. Many more. Daniel was the beloved of God. Many more in the Bible. Samuel, so young, captured the heart of God. God came to speak to Samuel to show him the future of Israel there. Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. It's important to know what spirit you carry, who you belong to. Even if you appear to speak all the right words, and appear to speak for God, who is speaking through you is very important. What is speaking through you is very important. What you speak is very important. Because God sees everything, God hears everything. It's important not to become the mouthpiece of Satan. It's important not to become a vessel of darkness. Everything may look and appear like white, but it's not. It's strange light. It comes from darkness. It is important to walk with God and have the true light. For I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So Elias is the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had accepted Job. I strongly encourage you to read this chapter. It's very important. For people who think God hears everyone, God accepts everyone, and they buy the doctrine of demons because it makes them feel good, feel accepted, feel loved, and feel that they are beloved to God while God is angry at them. Not good, not good. Every single person should want to know the truth. Only then truth will come to them. They should be seekers of the truth. Only then they will find the truth should be lovers of the truth. Only then they can be set free by the truth. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. Elias the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them. What's happening? God is coming and he's expressing his anger and he says, I don't want to destroy you out of my anger, go and do what you should do. Go and take your sacrifices to Job. And let him pray for you. And then I will have mercy on you. And not for your sake, but for Job's sake. I will forgive you. 
very important very important to know this the scripture this scripture is not only here all over the bible including the new testament but the spirit of god speaks in his word he says is any of you who are sick you call for the elders to pray and he says confess your faults why if you have to just do it privately why should you do this to one another so that you can be forgiven and restored so that your sickness can depart from you what is it is he talking about just call somebody and just tell them what you did no have to be true and sincere before god if you spoken anything against god's servants you need to go right there just said it right and god also talks about the lord jesus christ says about this when you take your gift to the altar and you have something against someone leave the gift there and go and make sure you set things right otherwise your offering will not be accepted and you will not be accepted if anyone says god accepts everyone that's a lie from the pit of hell god accepts based god accepts anyone and everyone based on the fulfillment of his condition that you fulfill what he has told you to do then he will accept you you repent and you come to god with repentance he will accept you if you don't repent he will not accept you jesus said this if you don't believe on him which equals believe equals according to the book of james and many of the scriptures in the bible which is obey repent then you are condemned already so taking part of the scripture where it says i have not come to condemn the world and just making a theology out of it saying that god didn't come to condemn and nobody's going to get condemned it's a lie from the pit of hell if you don't do what god has told you to do then you are condemned already it's important to know the truth so you can be healed and restored what happened god accepted job let's say anything about these people the bible goes on to say what god did for job after he prayed for the people you know why these are very people during the height of agony gave themselves over to the devil and caused more agony and job being such a man of god he had the heart to forgive and pray for these people god just came out with his rain of blessings upon job that's the blessing that comes for those who pray for those who mistreat us the blessing that comes job had the heart of god to forgive and to pray for those who called him to be his friends who came in the name of god they spoke all the things that satan wanted them to speak to cause damage to job who was not able to 
And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Nothing about Job's friends here after this. But very clearly God speaks about Job. After Job prayed for his friends, because he prayed, something happens to Job. That's the end of his test. The last part of the test was to accept these guys and to pray for them. And Job passed that. Right after that, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. God blessed him tremendously. Can a nation be formed in one day? If God did it, he did the same for Job. God gave him twice as much as he had before. He had a lot. He was the richest and most famous in the East. Imagine if he had twice. Everything he lost, God was able to bring it up. He brings to existence that which is not there. Such a short time. Such a short time. In such a short time, God brought before Job that which disappeared in front of him. See, it's easy to destroy a house. It's easy. You can just bring a bulldozer, a wrecking ball. You can bring a dynamite. Just bring everything to the ground in a short time. But to build it back up will take a long time. But God was able to restore everything that was taken away from him in no time. This is the power of God Almighty to all those who patiently wait on him. The power of God Almighty to restore in a big way, in a big way, in a big way. God did that for Job. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. And why will you need comfort after you get everything? That's how the world is. When you have everything, everyone will come. They'll come to you, they'll come to eat from you. And then they will try to comfort you when you're really doing well. When he was really going through the suffering, that's when he needed comfort. But where were they? Where did Job's brothers and sisters go? Where did they go? Not a mention of them. But suddenly, all his brothers and all his sisters came. Well, he is twice as famous and twice as rich and has everything now. Now they all come. Because he has everything. Now you want to associate yourself with Job because Job is even more famous and he's more rich. And Oh, this is my brother. This is my brother. Now, 
the sister will say, this is my brother. The brother will say, this is my brother. Before, they didn't want to even associate his name with their names. They disappeared. Nobody came to see him. But now they are there. After God had comforted him and after God had blessed him, they're coming there. And nothing touched Job. And what are they doing now? Each one gave him a piece of silver and a, and each gave a ring of gold. What's that going to do to a man who has gold and silver in abundance? It's not going to add to his riches. It just shows how God brought all these people who rejected him and who neglected him and who went far away from him. God brought all of them to his feet. All of them. Whatever they gave was a token of God's mighty hand in the life of this mighty servant of God. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning and just describes here to what extent God blessed Job all that had been taken away from him all of them not a single thing was left out everything from the animals to the children to everything God blessed Job with exceeding riches and his daughter's with beauty that far exceeded anyone there during his lifetime. Not only that, it's not that Job suffered all these things and then he had these and he saw this and short time after that he died. No. God gave him enough time to enjoy the blessings that he gave. Enough time, plenty of time to be with his family to see the future of his generation. And God brought his days to a completion. On this side of eternity, with all his blessings, like how Abraham was blessed in all things, Job was blessed in all things. But a mighty man of God, where did Job get his strength where did Job get his character the character to withstand every opposition where did Job get his strength to withstand every trial where did Job get his strength to withstand every mockery where did Job get his strength to withstand such pain in his body? Where did Job get his strength to withstand such loneliness that he had to go through? Where did Job get his strength to withstand such darkness that had covered him? Where? It all came from the time he spent with God when God had given him the time. God is speaking to your hearts this hour. The time that God has given you, make sure you lay a very strong foundation for yourself. 
the time that God has given you, how you make use of the time, and how you give yourself over to the Word of God and to obeying His Scriptures and valuing His Word, valuing the presence of God, the house of God, and all that the Lord has given to you, the servants of God, every blessing that God has given to you, how you treat it, how you make use of it, will determine whether you are going to stand or you're going to fall. How sincere you are and how diligent you are in the things of God will determine whether you're going to stand or fall when the storm comes. God is speaking to our hearts today. God has many blessings like He did for Job. But before you get to that, whatever you may face, do you know? Do you have the strength for it? Do you know for sure that you have the strength for it? Will it be like Job's wife or will it be like Job? How are you? How is your walk with God? Are you being real in everything? Are you building up your spiritual ammunition? Are you strengthening yourself in the Lord by taking His Word in? God is speaking to our hearts of this hour. Take the things of God seriously. Take the Word of God seriously. Take the Prince of God seriously. Take the servants of God seriously. Take the voice of the Holy Spirit seriously. Take whatever God has given to you seriously. Seriously. There's a time to sow and then there's a time to reap. When is the time to sow? You need to work. There's a time when God will give to His people, where you work on your soul, you spend time with God, you sow into your soul, you sow into your spirit, you sow into your mind, you sow into your body. That which God has given into your hands. And then, when the harvest time comes, you will reap whatever comes to take away the life and the fruit of the tree because of the roots that grow so deep and so strong as the Spirit of God has said in His Word you will not be affected by the weather you will not be affected by anything External. God Himself will be your strength. Samson was able to take the city gates upon his shoulder and just walk away. Such was his physical strength that came from the anointing of God. Every single person here should have such a strength spiritually 
And when the enemy comes to tie a person down, the strength of God should be as such that would break every bondage of the enemy. That's how Samson was. Until he sinned and gave himself over to the enemy, no one was able to bind him or keep him bound, I should say. The Philistines would come to bind him. He'd say, okay, bind me with this and bind me with that, whatever you want to bind me. And the next second he would break everything. But how many times the Philistines wanted to bind him? They were not able to. No matter how many times the enemy will try to bind you, he will not be able to. If you're strong on the inside, you'll break every bondage of the enemy. But if you're not walking with God as you should, you can either become like Job's wife, become all frustrated, and become a mouthpiece of Satan, or you can become like Job's friend, head full of knowledge. and become a mouthpiece of Satan. Now all the biblical knowledge being used by the devil against God's true servants of God. If you're truly walking with God, then, no matter what trial comes your way, you'll be able to worship the Lord at all times. And not sin with your mouth, with your eyes or with your mind. And you'll be found upright before the God of heaven and the God of earth. To such people, God says, to people who do not lack integrity, to people whose hearts are loyal before God, and to people who are like Job, who God says, payday is coming. That God will bring to justice everything that the enemy had used. Everyone the enemy had used. The God of Job will bring to justice every form of injustice that had been done against those who are like Job. God will bring the righteousness of those who are truly righteous before God out in the open like the noonday. And God will comfort and God will provide. And God will perform everything that God Almighty had spoken according to His covenant that He has made.
to all those who keep their covenant with him. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given to us in your presence unexpected way in an unexpected way totally unexpected way you spoke Father thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit thank you for giving us the privilege to hear you so clearly and so closely. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy that you showed upon Job's friends. Instead of destroying them, you showed them the way out because of your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love and affection that you showed towards Job, your servant was upright before you. Thank you for the promises that you have given to your people for this year and for the word of God that you have given to your people this morning. Praise you, Father, that each and every single one here be like Job and be blessed like Job. May endure like Job, overcome like Job and be crowned by you like Job. With this blessing I bless your people with and I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen.